We're going to have fun. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freeman Means Business, a Wonder Woman in Business podcast. On this podcast, everyone has a story, and our Wonder Woman in Business gives a voice to the woman who has a story that is meaningful, moving, and compelling. We share their stories, or rather, they share their stories with the world so that in their shining, they give permission to others to shine. And today we have an amazing guest. I can't wait to introduce you to her. Uh, we have with us today the founder and chief reframer of a company called Career Frame. It is mind, body, and soul of Carrie Fabrice, who is a certified Clifton Strengths trainer, um, certified in emotional intelligence training, uh, situational leadership, and all around corporate consultant who is passionate about her business and helping teams and individuals move forward. So welcome to the conversation today, Carrie. I'm excited to have you. And she joins us all the way from Dallas, Texas. That's right. Yeehaw. What, <laughs> what an amazing introduction. That was perfect. Uh, <laughs> I'm like this, clapping, clapping, clapping. <laughs> this is all for you because you are uh, phenomenal. When I looked at your website and, and looked at some of the things happening, I was like, oh my gosh, we have a lot to talk about. Yes, um, we do. <laughs> because clearly there is so much that you have done in terms of all of the work and you've had some driving motivations and experiences. So I can't wait. So I'm going to turn the microphone over to you and I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit about your story, getting started with the younger Carrie yeah. and bringing us along a little <laughs> bit to understand what informed you and what helped you to kind of look in the direction that you're in today? Yeah, Tell us your okay. story. Okay, so um, if if so, we'll we'll go back to to little Carrie. Um, Let's go I would back say to that, little Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that how do how do I how do I just kind of make this like sum this up? So I'd say that um, young Carrie was uh, bright eyed, bushy tailed, loved to try to love to climb trees, um, glued to her mother's side. Um, a very happy, creative child. Um, and then she lost her mother. So then her mother passed away. Um, I'm talking about myself in third person. Um, I'll, I'll come bring it back to first person. My mother passed away when I was nine. And as you can imagine, that was a, a big change in my life's trajectory. Um, as I grew, I, my, I, we moved, my parents were divorced. And so we lived with our father and my, I have an older sister. And so we lived with our dad and we, we have always called him Mr. Mom. Um, even though our parents were divorced, they were amicable, they were great friends. And so it was, you know, there was no drama around going to live with dad. Um, so, you know, continued to grow, went off to Stephen F. Austin University in Nacogdoches, Texas, because quite frankly, it was the only school I could get into because <laughs> I, I like to tell people, I'm like, I don't know if I have met anybody else who got lower on the SAT than I did. Um, but I got into Stephen F. Austin and then quickly moved my way to UT Austin to the University of Texas. So ended up there with, uh, as far as getting a degree. 
And I got my degree in advertising, which is interesting because I barely used it. So then when I graduated college, I went into uh, the world of advertising sales. I was more in sales and found myself in the travel industry. Um, first travel company that I worked for back in 1998 was Travelocity. And so I was at Travelocity for a while, then moved to Google, where I was at Google for a while, then um, boomeranged back to Sabre, which was the parent company of Travelocity, but worked on their hospitality side. And it was around that time that along this way, I found an amazing husband, picked a husband up along the way. Um, and around this Good time- for of, you, girl. Good yes, for thank you. you. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Um, so around that time of, of being at Sabre, the second time, my husband decided to leave and launch a startup. And so once he finally got Series A, I, had, I didn't know I had signed up to be the breadwinner in our marriage initially. And so after a while, you know, when he got Series A and I said, I'm tired. Because what I also did along the way was I also brought two little humans into the world. So I, we then had our son, Lucas. Then we had our daughter, Lillian, who we called Lala. And when Lucas and Lala were three and one, I just said, I'm tired. And I don't want to mom hard and be the breadwinner and all this other stuff. So congratulations, you now have a salary, here you go. And just passed it back to him. It was around that moment when I, uh, one day, one day it was, it was one of these things, like if any of the women listening have been a working mom and a stay at home mom, and then went back to being a working mom, they're in the same camp I was in. I lasted, um, I lasted only six months of being a full-time mom. I was like, I, I need adult stimulation. Oh. I need professional stimulation. <laughs> I need to talk to people that actually talk about business. Um, so it was funny because I had left a team. I was over in North America for Sabre. So I had a team of 30 people under me. And so had, you know, directors and then their direct reports. And people like sought my counsel. They're like, oh, let's see what Carrie thinks she is. She's the leader. And then I went from that to two little people that just didn't listen to a word I said. It was very frustrating. Um, joyful, but you know, the career woman in me was, was dying slowly. Um, so I decided, you know, one day I was out just pushing my daughter on the swing in the backyard. And this was that pivotal moment that brought me to where I am today. And it was this, if I could do anything, anything at all, like I had my choice, what would it be? And it was very, very instantly clear to me what I loved in corporate was leadership. And I knew that at that exact moment, I really didn't want to go back to corporate. I liked having the flexibility of being mom when I needed to be mom, but I wanted the professional, you know, the professional side. So I just decided to put my freak flag up and proclaimed myself a coach. <laughs> it was I've had the, I, I, it was full on, like you are now, you have now bequeathed yourself a coach. Um, but I was very specific. I did not want to be a life coach. I wanted mm -hmm. to be a career coach because at that moment I had nothing other than my career to say, I actually may know kind of what I'm talking about when it comes to guiding someone with a certain issue at work because of my leadership, um, you know, trajectory at that point. And so that's when I, that's when the idea of Career Frame was birthed. And then um, it took me almost about until uh, the following year to actually come up with a name for it. And it was like, okay, just simplify, simplify. Don't, don't overcomplicate this. What am I trying to do? 
I want to help people reframe their careers. So then it was like career frame. That's, I guess that's, that's what, uh, that's, that stuck. So that took me on a, on a journey of um, showing up as if people are like, what do you do? Oh, well, I'm a career coach and corporate consultant. <laughs> just, just owned it. Absolutely owned it. And this was all around 2016. Um, and so since then, I have, I, I built it a little bit and then had a pivotal moment where we had to make some pretty tough decisions with my son uh, for his school. So I have a learning different kiddo and we needed to uh, get into one neighborhood in Dallas. Unfortunately, it was the most expensive neighborhood in Dallas. So Highland Park, which some people have heard of. And uh, that meant that I had to really take this whole coach thing either super seriously or I needed to go back to corporate. And so this was one of those moments where I realized that I had put all my energy into my son selling a house, finding a house, um, getting him in the, this district by a certain date so he would be ready to go by kindergarten. And I took what I thought was the easy way out and went back to corporate. And so what I realized along this journey, where sitting where I am today, is at the time I was resentful to the corporate job. I was just, I went, I went back kicking and screaming. Um, I took a salary that was probably the lowest salary I'd ever had as a leader of a team. Um, so there was a lot of, um, telling my ego, it needed to just chill out a little bit. Um, and in hindsight, I was absolutely supposed to take that step because taking that step back into corporate, all that did was magnify how I wanted to be in this seat. And so 2019 was a year of massive transformation. I hired a coach for myself and said, I've got to figure some things out. I want to get over there. Um, I don't want to be in corporate. I want to be over in the uh, on Career Frame Island, as I called it, and um, went to some seminars and just went all in on myself to heal trauma that I did, never really dealt with from my mom. I mean, it took 36 years to finally grieve her. Um, it, just look at a lot of looking in the mirror, getting over myself, telling pride to take a hike, telling the ego that it was just way too loud. All of these things just resetting. And when I did that, I was like, okay, I'm ready to jump back into this career frame thing full time and like, take it seriously this time. So I left corporate, um, super excited. And my last day was February 28th, 2020. <laughs> we should be having a party. Okay. There was a lot in that a little uh, piece that you shared. Yes, uh, yes. There was a lot, but I love the reset. And I'm just, you know, uh, the things I notice about you, I wish people could see how easy it is for you to share. Um, you remind me of like, you're like this expressive driver. So clearly you are really motivated and you have a high level of positivity uh, even when things don't look so good and you're able to let go, you know, women have some emotional attachments to things. Oh, oh yeah. And there's sometimes that we're like, I am not letting go of this, mm. but you let go. How did, how did you kind of get to that? You know, and it's a hard lesson to learn. You have to let go to move on. You have yep. to let go to release. You have to let go, like you said, to reset. Now your reset had a lot going on because you had that that mom thing that you were carrying for so long. Yeah. And yeah. because I think 
you're such a positive person. You know, everybody's like, oh, she's okay. She's good. Oh, she's yeah. a resilient she's so, one. She's so she's strong. She's so strong. She, yeah. She's awesome. So how did you how did you kind of work through that? Because people put labels that they think are helpful and they are not necessarily okay. helpful. Yeah. So it's interesting that you talked about letting go um, because that was absolutely a book I leaned into. So Letting Go by David Hawkins um, was a powerful book for me. Um, you know, when I left February 28th of 2020, you know, a, a big moment in our history happened like the following week, pretty much like the world shut down. Um, and so I had to really lean in and just say, nope, you made this decision. What are we going to do? So through that, I listened on Audible to Letting Go by David Hawkins and really just went through all of it going, okay, what is it that is in my way? What, 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 what part of me is getting in my way? Um, and you know, he breaks it down with the map of consciousness and all the different levels of energy and no, and no energy that these different emotions give us. And so that was, that was super powerful. So doing that as well as um, just a lot of self-coaching. There was a lot of times when you know, fear would just be circling and I'm like, I, I don't, I have to ignore you because I've, I've chosen this path. And so I just kept telling myself, spring always follows winter. Spring always follows winter. And it's a little metaphorical winter we're in right now. So just keep going. Um, I, I would say that the letting go of, there was a lot of things that I shed. There was literally like a shedding of the old Carrie as well, mm. honoring honoring her. Sure, because all all of all of the old Carries got me to where I am now, um, and and I think that that's something that women don't do enough of. We are not kind to ourselves. We're very critical of ourselves, and when we honor all the decisions we made, the good mm -hmm. and the bad, and we have the ability to to say, you know what, I am exactly where I am because of all of those even if we don't like where we are, because if we don't like where we are, it's awesome and beautiful that we're noticing that we don't like where we are. So now we can actually do something about it and make some changes. And so, um, so it was a lot of books, a lot of listen podcasts, a lot of just self-coaching through all of the, you know, not only the grief with my mom, but then just the self-talk and the self-doubt, the fear, the, you know, um, the money panic. I mean, all of it was just a lot of talking through it. So I just like want to come live with you because you can deal then with everything that I'm feeling and everything that's happening, <laughs> Miss Glass half full, but I know the reality. So, you know, this, um, I want you to think about what you would say to a woman who needs to take that step back to move forward. That's a hard thing. Um, yeah. There's a lot of pride. There's, mm -hmm. you know, people feel humiliated. Um, undervalued. Um, it, it can be paralyzing. It can knock you flat and count you out. Yeah. But what do we need to learn? Or what would you say? Uh, I, it's not that we need to learn, but this, yeah. what should we be open to in that experience? <clears throat> I would say that some, and, and I, I mean, I encounter people like this almost daily with what I do as far as coaching people and, and the doubt comes up and the fear comes up. And, um, and I, one of the things I always say is, okay, what, what are you scared of? You know, fear has this way of um, helping us with our own self-fulfilling prophecy. 
right? If we're scared to do something because we're fearful of it, we're fearful of what the outcome might be. It might be a negative outcome. Well, by doing nothing, all we do is make sure that we get that negative outcome. If we actually do something, we might be surprised. And so I would say that it's about, you know, what are you afraid of? And then why are you afraid of it? Because a lot of us just try to go from the what to the how and all the mojo and juju and good stuff is in the middle where the why is. A lot of people don't want to explore the why because there might be pain there. And no one shows up and says, ooh, I want to have pain today. I'm super excited to, to, to have pain today. No one says that. The thing is, at least through my journey and my story, is I realized that when I leaned into the pain and just went through it and just kept going, and there was a lot of crying, just kept going through it, I made it through. And then it was like, Oh, and I like physically felt lighter. So I would just say to women that, you know, what are, what are you scared of? Why are you scared of it? Now what's, what's, and then, then we reframe it. What's the, what's the uh, chances that that actually, that's actually going to happen. And where's the evidence that what you're fearful of is going to happen. And a lot of times you won't find the evidence. So this is just where courage comes in. Um, and so it's like, you, you, there's a lot of just trusting and having faith. And I always, hesitate a little bit when I say that because people are like oh sure Carrie you just you know, it's just so easy just have faith and I'm like yeah <laughs> like you, you you just trust you have to trust yourself and when you trust yourself it's trusting a higher power whatever it is that you believe in um I talk a lot about you know I was the universe tested me and I then did it did something <laughs> and then it, I passed and it the universe rewarded me you know, it's, it's universe, it's God, it's whoever, whatever. Um, but there it's, it's just having faith in something that's kind of beyond you. And yeah. so, yeah, so it's kind of the, what, the, why, and the, how. Definitely. Um, it's like, you, you can't do nothing. And as you said, like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Mm -hmm. You just, you won't like it. So then yeah. you'll have to fix it or find a solution, but we're so conditioned to all right, I'm not, I'm not even going to entertain it. We're so yeah. conditioned to, I was in an, another call on, in another space talking about um, uh, pain mm -hmm. and, and, and chronic pain and how many people just decide to live with chronic pain because eh, there's nothing I can do about it without trying. Yeah. Right? And so it's like, are you going to stay in this or are you going to find a way out? something's got to be better than nothing, right? Yeah, a, a question that I ask a lot of people, and this is probably going to be the title of the next book that I write. Um, You're hearing it, it for the first time. <laughs> oh. Great, I put it out there, now I have to do it. Putting it out I'm like, here, I, I'm, like, I'm like, my other book just launched and I'm already going <laughs> to the next book, just released. Um, but it, it, it's a question I ask many people and, and I find myself asking, you know, asking the question to, to myself, and that is how serious are you? You can complain and gripe and moan, but there is no maybe. It's either a yes or it's a no. And if it's a maybe, you're just dwelling and you're stuck. And so there, if you're dwelling and stuck, that's when it's like, okay, well, what is my stuckness? What, what, is, what has got me stuck? It's kind of like why I went and listened to letting go. It's like, what is it? Is it anger? Is it um, doubt? Is it uh, acceptance? Is it pride? Like, what is it? But it is a yes or a no. It's a hell yes, or it's a no. 
sticky note here on my desk that says that. <laughs> if someone asks me to do something, I'm like, it's either a hell yes or it's a no. Um, but I think it's about just making sure that we we put ourselves we put ourselves first. As I mentioned, like I, I just released my book and the whole book was basically my story, my memoir over the last five years of how I went from completely frustrated to totally fulfilled and leading this juicy life as, uh, as it says on the subtitle. And getting to that place was a lot of looking in the mirror and just going, okay, you can sit here and complain and gripe about it or you can do something about it. And not doing something is something, right? It's like, it doesn't always have to be a yes. Sometimes it's a no. But when it's a no, walk away and don't talk about it anymore. And that's hard for people, I think, sometimes yeah, to like wrap their brain behind. around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We, we fall back, right? We have yeah. this bad habit of looking back at what we believe to be the glory days. Um, but those were probably things that kept us from moving mm-hmm. forward, right? But we just keep having this relapse moment. Yeah. So, like okay. So let me let me ask another question. Um, besides David Hawkins and his incredible book, Letting Go, who or what would you say has been your best inspirational mentor in terms of maybe a person that you've observed, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. you actually interacted with them or not? Because, you know, we do know that sometimes we're inspired by people we'll never really meet or... Yeah. Or it was that third grade teacher who just really believed in you, Carrie. She yeah. knew you had it in you. <laughs> and she knew that even though you didn't do the test or show up for the test, you were going to move. You were going to move on because you had something. She's got something. But who was that inspiration for you? Yeah, I mean, I would say I was raised by a village of parents, aunts, uncles, truly a village. Um, and when I look at who inspired me, um, I would say the inspiration got me started on the path of drive and courage, resilience, all of those things. And that was very much my mom. Now I only have about five years of memory of my mother. Cause you know, again, she died when like, right, like literally two weeks after, sorry, three weeks after I turned nine. But she was a total rock star. I mean, she just was, she was a private investigator. She loved Motown music. She taught us about music. She loved to dance. She always had a margarita in her hand and a cigarette in the other hand, which I've never done the cigarette part. I definitely do the margarita part. (laughs) But just, she just had this like awesomeness about her. You know, just, I want to just have fun. I want to have fun. I take my job seriously. I love that I'm a private investigator, but the rest of the time I just want to have fun. So she kind of set that emotion and I was glued to her, um, just absolutely in love with her. So I've carried that with me. And of course, after I went through the the grieving journey, all it did was just really exasperate, like, wow, she really was awesome. So there's definitely my mom. And then I would say the other people, and it is people that I find inspiration for from are the people that I hope one day I'll meet. Um, but they're all the gurus that I that I watch, that I look up to. Um, the Brene Browns, the Mel Robbins, who I just have the biggest, you know, girl crush on. I, I love her. Um, and any, and I always say this, you know, a little hesitancy because people either either don't know who he is or they love him or they 
don't like them. Um, but I tended to find myself, or I happened to find myself very much in uh, enjoying his world. And that's Tony Robbins. And I was the last person on the planet, truly, who thought that I would ever go to a Tony Robbins event. Um, and uh, it, it totally changed my life. So I, you know, I, I went through some seminars with him. I feel like I did it. I don't know that I need to do it more. Like sometimes people just go to his stuff over and over and over again. I got what I needed, but the, it was the lessons that he taught, the quotes that he said, um, just the learnings that I got from being a part of his world. And so I just, I'm, I'm always looking for what's the, the great, there's so much gratitude that people like Tony Robbins, Mel Robbins, Brene Brown, they're always just oozing gratitude and giving. And so I, I really just watch that and, and have them be like, they're, they're all my mentors. It's like, how can I give more? How can I be more grateful to, to everybody that comes across my life? So I love that. I, I, I think when you're able to make space because you've, you've processed things the right way and you've receive them and you're willing yeah. to give them you make all of this incredible room instead of keeping things and and just you know like stifling um so i you know yeah i get from yeah. you a, a just really openness and well i i will say for my style um i needed to have my butt kicked like mm. i needed to have Proof in the pudding <laughs> I, I just, because I'm a stubborn mule and, you know, and it was just the, again, the ego was like, well, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I needed someone to go, uh, you sit down, <laughs> don't know what you're doing. And it's like, I needed the, I, I needed kind of the tough love and the harshness, which is interesting because see, I'm a tough love coach, but I'm always like, okay, here's my heart here. It's coming. You ready? And then I'm like, boom. And I just hit, hit the person with what they Need, need to hear. So I went on that journey of, I need people to tell me what I need to hear, not what I want to hear. And that have more of an objective perspective that they don't have any skin in the game. Because, you know, when, when we try to change and we, try, when we grow and evolve, people around us don't like it because they're not evolving. So they want us to stay exactly where we were, you know? And so it's, it's sometimes it's tough when you're wanting you feel it in your heart and your gut and i mean listen to those brains don't listen to the brain that's in your head um but when you feel it and you want to do it it's it's finding the right style and the right environment that you need to be in to get those results that you want wow so, absolutely so in, yeah. in terms of all this and some of your journey and experience can you reflect maybe on a huge challenge that you had to overcome um, or not, because sometimes the challenge is to make the adjustment, maybe not to overcome the situation, but was yeah, there yeah. something that maybe just was a, an immediate roadblock that you didn't expect and didn't see coming? Um, yes. Leaving corporate and going out on my own and a pandemic hitting. How about that? Okay, I have my hand <laughs> over my face for you. Okay. Yep. Hitting yep. the wall. Bye, okay. steady paycheck. I'm going to go do this. And then the world's like, you're hilarious. We're going to shut down everything. Um, and I just, you, we, I think we all have child, multiple challenges, but I just want to bring it back to like, you know, to business for a second, since the women listening to this or, you know, are about listening about business ideas and things. Um, but that's, that was mine was 
um, I just, I just left a nice paycheck that, you know, was, I left stability. I left stability and decided, like chose to hold my nose and jump and really didn't have a parachute. I didn't have any clients lined up. And so then this thing happens and I end up being a school teacher for my kids. You know, it's like, well, here's my office. Oh, but I need to move my, my stuff down to the kitchen table so I can watch the two of you. As I, it's like, I, I finally got the courage and the excitement and the drive to take my business seriously. And then the world shut down. So that was where a lot of the, you know, again, the winter, you know, spring always follows, follows winter. You did this for a reason. No self-talk. You're not going crawling back to the corporate job. You're going to figure this out. You've got this. Just breathe. Just take one step at a time. Just reach out to people. So it was just really a lot of, um, you know, there, there was, it was a roller coaster ride, I would say, uh, like, like most people for 2020, um, you know, for me specifically, it was just, again, that walking away from stability and then just walking straight into a pandemic wall. Um, but with it came great conversations and the fact that I had always been a remote hybrid leader became very beneficial which is then having that talent and that unique ability um, is actually what helped me take the business and started getting clients and build on it. So it just was like, okay, what am I good at? What do I know? What is my unique ability? Um, and that's, that's really what helped me go to the next level with my business. That's a great story. Uh, well, it's, it's not really a story. No, right? it's, it's that reality. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because clearly we see the pandemic made and broke some people mm -hmm. or, or some businesses and organizations and things that we're just beginning to realize, oh my God, they don't exist anymore. Yeah. Um, so kudos to you, yeah. uh, driver lady, for pushing <laughs> through and just making, making it happen, but more importantly, making it stick. It's funny yeah. you say that a spring always follows winter. When I was found myself in situations where I was very uncomfortable. I would say, even from high school, there's nothing to fear but fear itself. Because, you know, you kind of have to break it down mm -hmm. so that you're not, you know, held hostage by the emotion that's trying to stifle you and strangle you. So thank the, you so there much. Was, there, there was a podcast that I was listening to with, uh, with Seth Godin on it. And, you know, he's just like, you know, the marketing genius. And he, I, I like physically stopped on this walk when he was talking about fear. And it was along the lines of fear as one job. And its job is to tap you on the shoulder and show you where you're supposed to be. But the brain kicks in and says, nope, freeze. Fear is actually here to keep us frozen and stuck and safe. But that's actually not what fear is supposed to do. It's, it's like, hi, you're supposed to be over here. And so when we lean into it and we really go explore what it is, and I'm talking about like the fake fear. If someone is chasing you with a gun, you should run. Like that's real fear. Yes, um, yeah. But the fake made up fear is, is just, you know, some, something, some bigger power going, hi, you're in the wrong spot. You're not on the path you're supposed to be on. And when you listen to it and you get on the right path, it's again, things show up. You, you just, you get rewarded. I mean, again, that, that's, that's what happened for me anyway. Wow. Excellent. So tell me along your path, how do you know Susan Freeman? How did we even get connected here? Yeah. Conversation. So, I just want to know. No, it's important. We, we have to talk about Susan. 
hopefully the gift I just sent her will be coming into her, um, her mailbox here soon. Um, I got connected with Susan through a friend here. She's an, um, another mom at my kid's school. Her name's Janet. And Janet is, um, you know, she just, she, she feels like a fan of mine. I want to be very humble when I say that. Um, and so she must be, cause she was like, you need to meet Susan. She's got this awesome podcast. I think you would have a lot of fun on it. And I do love being on podcasts. And so I reached out to Susan and she and I connected. Um, I told her about my book that was coming out and she read the book and she also gave me a testimonial quote for the book, for the inside of the book. So she's, uh, she will forever be a part <laughs> of, of my journey. And so we just... Yeah, you know, she's a, she's a force and just uh, incredible at what she does, and so that's how we got connected. She really is, and it's almost it's effortless for her. That's just Susan, yeah. right? That's Susan. And, yeah. You know, one of the things we we do uh, ask sometimes uh, in this conversation is um, the belief that we have in this on this platform and in this space is that women should lift each other up. Yes. Um, so that said, how would you advise other women to support women in business? I would say that it is going all in on, it, it's going all in on other women as well as yourself. Okay. And what I mean by that is we do have to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves in order to show up effectively for other people. And so when, you know, as, as an entrepreneur, whenever I see another female entrepreneur, I'm like, well, so tell me what you're doing and how can I support your business? How, how can I buy what you're selling? Or how can I recommend you for somebody? How can I help you network? And so I think it's a matter of just like this sisterhood that we women in business have to have as far as like, I mean, we have a lot to say, we have amazing ideas, we you know can rule the world. And so it's all about just speaking up for each other, um, but also supporting when each other needs to have a time to lift ourselves up. Um, and you know, again, just the whole notion of putting your mask on first before assisting others, while also then assisting the others that gave you the space and when you needed the space. Um, I think that it's the more we can talk about what our friends and women in business have to offer, uh, the better. And the more that we'll have, again, that voice as females, uh, you know, at on board seats and building our businesses and getting, you know, funding from VCs and all these different things that typically seem to be a man's world. And so it's all about just helping each other connect uh, with other people that will boost each other up and get each other on our, you know, on our own way. Absolutely. I love that. I love you. Thank, thanks for sharing that um, and giving voice to something that we see works so well. Look at this connection that we have. It works well, effortlessly because uh, yeah. we connected and it, it's amazing. So for those people listening today, because we could go on forever. How can they connect with you? How can they get in touch with you? And also share a little bit about this amazing book that is coming out. Um, we're already looking for the, the, the next one, but share a little bit about this creation of your story, um, what it took to kind of do it, now a short version of that, and how yeah. listeners can connect with you. So I will say with the book, so it's called All In, 
Uh, it's a, mo a working mom's unapologetic quest for a juicy life. And it was, it's again, it's a basically like a, a feisty, spicy memoir. <laughs> it's very raw. It's very real, very vulnerable um, over from a two, from the period of 2016 to 2021, as far as, again, getting myself to where I needed to be, to be the best version of myself personally and professionally, and also getting back to my business. Um, I wrote this book very intuitively. It was birthed on Mother's Day of 2021. I finished it in October and then went through all of the edits and everything else with the publisher and it launched on April 26th. So it's on, it's on Amazon. And so if you just do all in Carrie Fabrice, you'll find it. You might, if you just do all in, you might get Billie Jean King. I'm in good company with the title of the book. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, it was basically two, two reasons why I wanted to do it. And then I will wrap up with how people can, can contact me or connect with me. Um, it, one was unapologetically selfish. It was, uh, I felt like this book, I was on my path of writing this, how serious are you, you know, activator type business book. And this one came out very unexpectedly that someone pulled it out of me. And I was like, no one wants to hear my story, but I, it, it came out and it just coming, it just came out again, very intuitive. If I didn't feel like I wanted to talk about it or write about it, I wouldn't. And when mm -hmm. I did, I'd write for hours. So it was for me, um, just kind of the cherry on top of that journey, like the closing of that journey, that five-year period of my life that I went through. And then, you know, also incredibly important was to give women, especially working moms, um, the, the, just the, the right to give themselves permission to take care of themselves. And it's okay to do it first, like to take care of yourself first every now and then. So I really just wanted to, you know, give them something that they can relate to. Um, so I've had a lot of fun writing the book. I'm promoting it like crazy right now. It's, uh, I'm proud of it. I, I hope that people get inspired by it. That's my goal is to inspire women to, um, again, to go all in on themselves. As far as connecting with me, um, I have, you know, my website, carriefabrice.com. And that's F-A-B-R-I-S is the last name. <laughs> um, but carriefabrice.com. And, you know, there's ways to get in touch with me that way. I'm also on Instagram um, under C.D. Fabrice. You can connect, me, connect with me there. Um, those are really the, you know, the primary ways to find more information about me. Um, I'm always happy to give out my email address, you know, carrie at careerframe.com. So I'm always happy to answer emails if people want to you know, shoot me up that way. Awesome. Well, this has been a great conversation. I hope you had fun. I uh, did. I, I love so stuff. much about you and uh, just really re-energized about, you know, letting go, moving forward. I love your mantra of spring always follows winter. Hope, right? Keeping hope yes. alive, moving forward. We want to thank you, Carrie, for thank making the so time much. to have this great conversation. Uh, I hope people seek you out, buy your book, and Go visit all your in. website, <laughs> Going All In. All right. Thanks so much. It was a pleasure thank having you. you.